I grind for the love of the game. Passed up the sponsorship from Starry, Mark. We grind for the love of the game. ADP All-Stars. For searching for this year's Larry, Mark. Oh, hi, Mark. Oh, hi, Mark. Uh, yeah, love that Starry reference. I mean, I, I we need to get them as a sponsorship. Uh, you know, we already have a title sponsorship at this point, but you know, we could use. I mean, they're they're clearly throwing around money. They 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 colored a whole NBA court tonight. I watched tonight's festivities with my eighty three year old grandmother, and she was so confused. <laughs> she was like, "What does this mean?" Like, I was like, "Oh, you know, it's uh, the latest attempt at corporate beverage to try to compete with." Sprite and it just never goes well. Remember Sierra Mist? Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sierra Mist seems bigger than Starry, but I would, I think the 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 best job in the world at the moment has got to be a marketing executive for Starry because they clearly are just <laughs> they they have it's an open checkbook. Like yeah. take what you need, like any idea is a good idea, like whatever you need. They are not concerned. Anyways, this is not sponsored by Starry, folks. Welcome back to Projecting the Jump. We. Uh, we're obviously recording this right after um, All-Star Saturday Night has ended. Uh, Nate, what would you say was the most iconic moment of 2024 All-Star Saturday Night uh, sponsored by it, a made-up soft drink? Yeah, for, for me, it was pretty night and day. It was it was that uh, Sabrina Inescu, uh Curry three-point competition. It I think that's the coolest thing the NBA has done in so long. I, I have two daughters, and they were so excited all nice. day to watch that. Nice. We, we we planned our day around it. They were geeking, jumping up and down. The, watching Sabrina Inescu go head-to-head uh, with those guys was, uh, I thought, was was really neat. And she, sh- and she showed up, too. I mean, she crushed it. She probably would have won the regular three-point okay. competition. It was so confusing because they were shooting at the beginning – at the same basket. And I was like, why are they not keeping a score? And she wasn't making any shots. And I was like, because you're not used to seeing them warm up. So I was like, this is a chaotic contest. I have no idea what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. She was bricking them in, in yeah. warmups and then just went on fire. And uh, once the thing got rolling. So uh, that was, that was pretty neat. I thought. Of course, of course, Steph Curry had to still win it. He had to put up he the highest score of the night, up. even though he wasn't competing in the, in the actual shootout. Um, yeah. He's the goat. <laughs> he really is. So tonight we're doing our ADP All-Stars. It's our second annual. We did this last year. So what are ADP All-Stars? For me, it's it's the best values of commonly drafted players. It's just ADP versus performance thus far. Nate, how'd you take it? Yeah, I went the same way. It's In some ways, this pod is is the little bit more, most cut and dry of, of as far as research go of all the podcasts that we do, because there's actually numbers to support this. Uh, where a lot of them, I mean, to be fair, we're making up all the topics, but sometimes they're a little bit, uh, uh, you know, hard to, you know, to put your hands around. In this case, it's pretty straightforward, you know, which guys, if you could, if you had a time machine, you could go back to draft day, would you take? I'll get my hands around it. Um, I just like, I like to take a moment and just reflect upon the beginning of, our process, you know, this all-star break is a time for reflection to kind of see uh, what's happened so far. So just looking back at what we thought, you know, it gives us a chance to look at some of our takes, uh, you know, take take some some uh, victory laps and also look back and be like, wow, like didn't see this coming. And so just to kind of sharpen our process to just see like now we have a couple years running of, of doing this. So it's just a nice time to reflect and be like, OK, like this is what we expected to happen. And here are some of the bigger surprises. So um, here are a couple notes I wanted to share. So. If you go to Yahoo's uh, page where it shows the ADP of the players and then it shows their rank, 
they have preseason ADP and then they have all draft ADP. And that includes drafts that happen after the season begun. So I use only preseason ADP. Um, for instance, uh, Jalen Johnson, um, he had a preseason ADP of 146, but his all draft ADP was 103. You know, so I'm looking at preseason projections and how they worked out. I'm trying to avoid waiver wire hits. But I thought that was interesting. Um, we got a lot of post-season uh, beginning drafts, and it really skewed some of the numbers. Mm. Yeah, I would love to. I would love to talk to somebody that does a right. mid, a competitive one third of the season draft through and see if that's fun or if that's not fun. I mean, it would be. Uh, I'd be kind of curious to try one of these years. I've squeezed in some public league drafts that happened on opening day or the day after, just because of scheduling. But yeah, it really did skew some of the numbers. Uh, another little thing to throw out is personally, I chose to disqualify. I'm, do I'm doing East All-Stars today. Nate's doing West, and we looked at both conferences, of course. But I'm going to disqualify Miles Bridges from this list. Uh, I don't want to glorify dude. Um, I happily kamikaze dropped him in our league of record just to get some fab off the board. Um, and personally, I feel like I'm good enough to win without his stench, but that's me. So, um, you know, win at all costs and no judgment, but he did not make my squad. Cheers to you there. Absolutely. Cheers on that one. Couldn't agree more. Uh, Nate, I will kick it to you. Now you got the West. So how do you want to get us started? Well, I'm going to get the uncomfortable part out of the way right off the bat. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. I, I, as everybody that's listened to this podcast knows, uh, Jamie, does not uh, draft or roster anybody on the Oklahoma City Thunder, but they are currently crushing the league, and uh, and I've got to start there as far as my ADP All-Star goes. And that's yeah. uh, starting off with the number one player in fantasy, and that's SGA. And now it's, it is it is a little hard because as far as of all the players we're going to mention tonight, I, I'm sure that SGA is the smallest jump from ADP to actual positioning in that his ADP was 5.4, and he's – the number one season ranked player, as well as the number one per game player. Um, but, but the differences and, and maybe you have some, um, some, some statistics to back this up too, but the difference between like a five and one is a, is a pretty massive jump. Actually. I, I remember, yeah. um, and I wish I could throw out credit to who, um, who uncovered this a few years ago, but it was when James Harden was really rolling and he was the number one player in fantasy. And they found that the difference between James Harden, number one and the number two player in fantasy was equivalent to the number two player plus the number 20 player in the league. And so it's uh, that, that jump provided for it is pretty large. Um, now, how's he doing it? He's uh, you know, he's giving you really good offensive numbers, but he's also, leading the NBA in steals and not just by yeah. a couple he's he's averaging 22 percent more steals per game than the number two player in fantasy did you crank that math I did yeah I had, yeah, I had to throw out the calculator on that one nice um give That's you two, give you two guesses to uh guess who's number two in the league in steals I know this yeah I do um De'Aaron Fox is definitely ticking up, but he's not number De'Aaron two. De'Aaron Fox, number two. There you go. go. You didn't need two guesses. There Let's we go. go. Let's go. Appreciate yeah. that. That was a hedge guess. <laughs> so thank you for, for letting it go. Hey, nailed it. Yeah. So, I mean, on top of the elite steals numbers, he's also casually giving you 0.9 blocks, which is – uh, which is a lot more than a lot of starting centers in the league. I mean, that's more than DeAndre Aiden. It's more than Sabonis. It's more than Jokic. It's more than Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, and this all from the point guard position. 
On top of that, he's he has the most three throws made in the entire NBA, and he's shooting him at an 88% clip. Oof. So right off the bat, by rostering yeah. him, you're getting a massive advantage in two categories right there, and he's no slouch and everything else. Um, so it's, you know, it, coming into the season, I think there was a lot of talk of over, you know, he's just 25 years old. Is he, is he, you know, how comfortable did you really feel drafting him at two yeah. or three? Um, I think that conversation is, is in the books uh, going forward. And he is completely build proof. Even if you want to pivot midseason, building around him, building around SGA, uh, does not pigeonhole you in any way. Yeah, he's a he's a point guard that shoots 55% from the field. Yeah. And uh, so there you go right there. I, I appreciate you starting it with the discussion of the fact that he, he had an ADP of five, and right now he's, he's ranked number one. Um, and that, that's really good research you did. Um, and, and yeah, those incremental jumps up top are big. He just missed my top five in the West. Um, so he didn't, he didn't make my list, but I think that's a really important point that you, as far as going from five to one's a big deal. Um, but you definitely didn't whiff if you took some other guys up top either. It's not like that extreme, but yeah. Um, very deserving. Yeah, it, it, it's it's an interesting one because I know preseason the most ink gets spilled on who's your first round pick going to be, and uh, so it's nice sometimes in midseason to kind of go back and and review some of that stuff as well. No doubt. You know, it's so as we tease this out, I, I noticed the West has a lot more firepower, uh, and mm-hmm. the East is a lot more like, wow, this was a big hit at ADP. Um, your team would definitely trample my team tomorrow uh, if they were playing in the big game. But I'm going to start out with a guy that you actually mentioned before we got on, uh, Tyrese Maxey. Uh, got yes. to start there. He had an ADP of 57, his season rank, then that's his totals, is 23. His average rank, which is the value of his averages per game, is 19. Um, I want to note that his redraft ADP um, is prior to James Harden being traded away. Uh, we had a, an idea that he was going to be traded away, but we didn't know that Woj bomb actually dropped at 2 a.m. Eastern on Halloween. So mm. it's, you know, it seemed likely at the time, but you have to think it did suppress his ADP a bit, but still. Uh, the breakout's been incredible. So looking into it a little bit, besides some of the raw numbers, um, he's been incredibly efficient this year. I was surprised just checking some of the advanced stats. He is 10th in the entire NBA in assist to turnover ratio, even though he's had this giant usage jump, you know, and I, I watched him closely in college and I thought he profiled as a microwave off the bench combo guard. Uh, and he's mm-hmm. out, he's out there just, you know, playing efficiently. Um, and so I've been really impressed with that. So the raw numbers are as follows 25.7 points, 6.4 dimes, just under four rebounds. We're getting a steal, half a block, 85% from the line, 45% from the field uh, and three points, uh, three pointers getting three a game. So yeah, he's just been he's been incredible, and he's kind of a post the poster child of you know um, just getting getting great value. So I uh, definitely wanted to start there. Yeah, I think he he had to be on any list. I mean, I think he's right in the conversation of ADP MVP. Um, you know the the one thing I, I have noticed since the Embiid injury, um, some of that that efficiency is kind of that shine has come off it a little bit. Uh, I figured you were going to talk about him, so I just said. I had spent about 30 seconds just checking out his post Embiid numbers. And because watching the games had kind of noticed his, the, the turnovers have ticked up, which were, they were incredibly low, as you mentioned. Now they're a little bit more in line with what you might expect. Um, I know those turnovers jumped up from 2.3 or 1.7 to 2.3 since the injuries. 
and the assists have kind of fallen off as well. Do you think he's going to? Do you think he's going to be kind of come back to where he was uh, earlier in the season, or do you think these last couple weeks are a little bit more in line to what to expect from him rest of the season? I want to point out with the turnovers for me as somebody who, if I win turnovers that week, I usually don't win the week. I just don't build my teams that way. So when a player's usage goes up and the turnovers go up, if that drops the ranking down, if anything, I see that as an opportunity to try to buy low on, on a high usage guy. I just don't care about the turnovers. Um, What's been wild is just the amount of usage has been soaked up by Buddy Heald since he's come over. Mm. I mean, he is. Yeah, true. He's completely killing it. He's, uh, you know, his assist numbers are through the roof. Uh, so I think that that team's still kind of finding a balance. Um, I mean, everything's going to kind of run through Maxi, but they have Tobias Harris. Paul Reed's really settled in. Um, so hopefully the efficiency will come back up and you're still going to keep him. Mean, he's shooting 20 shots a game over the past two weeks. Uh, he's, shooting, he's shooting 71% from the line the past two weeks and 85 on the season. So that's an indicator right there that, you know, he can come back up because that sure. feels that feels fluky. He's not a 71% free throw shooter. That's a strong point. Yeah. So so moving on, you, you kind of had you mentioned that the West is a little bit more top heavy star power. Um, so it's not always the you know, it wasn't able to unearth a lot of uh gem, uh, you know, undercovered gems here, but um, but they they all bear to be talked about. And so the next guy I, I got is actually somebody that we spent some time uh, reviewing on our quarter season uh, podcast. And at that time he was 20, number 23 in fantasy, this player. And, and it, I kind of wanted to bring him up because I figured it was one of the only chances that we would have to kind of celebrate this player's uh, on the court performance. But, uh, but clearly he stepped up to the next level and that player is Kawhi Leonard. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah Ka- Kawhi Leonard, uh, you know, he was number 27, ADP, you know, I, and I'm sure in leagues that were all over the board. I wouldn't have been surprised if you took him mm-hmm. at 15. And I'm sure there was leagues where he was going at 50. I know he was closer to that in my personal draft. Um, and But on the season, he's the number four player in fantasy. Um, you know, and so we wow. it, really what's been more than anything has been amazing is because we've seen that in years past where he's been top five, top 10 in per game averages. But then his totals are way, way down below. And this season, he's number four in totals and number five in per game. So he's he's played in 48 of the of the 53 possible games. Um, you know, he just is the key. Avoided, the key. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. I mean, he's avoided getting nicked up. He's avoided the injury load management uh, tag. So they seem to be kind of really going for it this season. Um, you know, ha- how's he doing it? You know, he's providing, you know, really high-end offensive skill sets at 24 points, six boards, four assists. But but really, it's that defensive stats, just like SGA, where he's bringing it. Um, He's number four in the league in steals. And he's also bringing 0.9 blocks. You know, and he's doing all this with really elite percentages. And so what you're getting is, is about, like, probably a top 20, top 25 offensive player. And then also a top five defensive player, all in all in one package there. So um, a question that I have for you, Jamie, though, is uh, on the season. Uh, I'm curious to hear your your personal power rankings as far as confidence goes in in the Clippers players, and so those being mm-hmm. um, wh- which players you have the most confidence in maintaining their current rankings or 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 uh, kind of 
or raising their value. And that being Kawhi Leonard at number four, James Harden at number 18, or Paul George at number nine. Well, I got to have Bones Highland number one. (laughs) (laughs) He has nowhere to go but up. (laughs) You know, I... Before I answer that question, I, I wanted to to toss this out too because um, what it's it, it's a theory question because we're looking at our pre draft process and I know in our um, Yahoo ranks examination podcast when we did the too high and too low ADP I think in general we were just a little afraid and Harden wasn't a Clipper yet but we were just a little afraid of Kawhi and Paul George Paul George who may be on this list was my third round too high ADP player um, and that has not uh, bared fruit. And Kawhi as well. How how do you play when you are trying to make a decision on the clock or it, auction league, snake, whatever, and you have to weigh this injury assessment against very, you know, um, you, you have a lot of good players on the board, a lot of good players you could spend your fictitious capital on. What made this the year to trust Kawhi Leonard? And, and that's what I, I look back at the process and it's like, yeah, I wish I would have. Is that is that playing scared to avoid Kawhi or is that just going with um options that you think are more safe because he just has such a lengthy injury history and you see the guy in the league who spends $44 on Kawhi Leonard and you're like, and you think to yourself, I'm glad that's off the board. Am I wrong to say that? That's exactly how I felt. And you kind of think if it hits, you know, it's going to be a home run, but, but I guess the way that I like to draft teams is that I, I think that I, I want to at least leave the draft, like giving myself a chance in those later rounds, because I would hate to have it torpedoed with an injury so early. I think if I if I can just get my guys playing at at average level, I can find enough guys on the waiver to kind of make up for some of that value. Yeah. But it's hard to make up for a second round guy that gets injured right off the bat. So uh, exactly. kudos to everybody that took the swings. They, yeah. You clearly uh, saw something that that we didn't, and uh, and he's putting it together, and that's really cool. Yeah, I just don't think they did see something we didn't. I think if you drafted Kawhi Leonard this this season, you just got lucky. It's just uh, like playing musical chairs, and you just ended up in the Kawhi chair the right season. And and hats off to you. But I don't know if there was uh, a stone that could have been untrue to predict this. There, there is a certain point. I mean, where if he if he falls to a certain level, you think, right. all right, like this is the va- the value is clearly there. And I I do love drafting guys where. If everybody else is playing scared, you're, at a certain point you got to take the swing because if it hits, it's a home run, and uh, and and maybe that's where he fell. And maybe I guess yeah. you know at an ADP of twenty seven, maybe that was that point. That's what I'm saying. Is I still think that was the correct ADP with the information we had. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so with that in mind, I think if I'm ranking them at this point, you got Kawhi is the best player of the group, and I would put him number one as far as you know comfort or safety rankings. Paul George and James Harden is kind of flip a coin. You know, James Harden, uh, you, just, you never know what that guy, uh, what might distract him. Um, Paul George, you know, he's been trending down. Um, I think he's worthy of the, he had an AP, ADP of 31. The season rank is 10, but if you look his last two weeks, month, he's been trending down a bit. Um, so I would have it Kawhi. Harden, Harden just by a beard hair over Paul George. <laughs> Lower beard or more mustache? or It's all the same with him. It's all intertangled. There is no strong, um, strong point again. <laughs> okay. So let's bounce back over to the East here. Um, so this player had an ADP. I'm going to see if you can get this one, Nate. Uh, this player had an ADP of 87. His season rank is 30. His average rank is 33. And he is point guard, shooting guard eligible. Let's see here. I'm going to go either DeMar DeRozan or Tyus Jones. Uh, Tyus Jones didn't make my cut. This is maximum Derek White. 
Oh, Maximum Derek. Yes. Yeah, he's crushing it. It's, you know, I've always, we both on this podcast, I think we've been longstanding fans of Maximum Derek. He's got a really well-rounded fantasy-friendly game in any role that he has. Um, But it was just hard to envision him taking this leap with a Celtics roster that got deeper over the summer. You know, you had Marcus Smart going out, Drew Holiday coming in, Porzingis coming in. Um, I was still happy to take him. Uh, you know, I got, but I got him 84th in a nine cat league and I got him 69th in a, my points league. Uh, we have six keepers on each roster already. So you have to envision what that oh, would wow. mean. So he was going after players like punch Bob, Bobby Portis, villain Brooks and casual cam Johnson, just to name a few. So I thought I got a seal at the time, but I did not see third round value in the cards. And yeah, I'd say he's been one of the biggest surprises. Um, so I really combed into this one a little bit, Nate, to kind of see like what has changed. This one surprised me. Um, he's had a rise in minutes. Uh, he played 28 minutes a game last season. This season, 32 minutes a game. He started all 51 games. Um, so his minutes are up. And with that, we have increased volume. His three-point volume is up. He is taking two more three-pointers per game. He's making another three wow. per game. So, you know, if, you, if your threes are up, if you're taking more and you're making more, that influences three categories. Obviously, you're scoring, field goal percentage, because the efficiency's up and he's taking more shots, and the three-pointers themselves, so that helps across the board. And just a slight bump in usage. He's up 20% from 18 last season, so that's not massive. But if you couple this with just doing everything more on the court, every single relevant statistical category has seen a jump this year for Derek White. Um, and it's just been really fun. So just quick, quickly. You're getting 16 points. You're getting four boards. You're getting just under five assists. You're getting a steal a game, 1.2 blocks. He shoots 89% from the free throw line at 2.3 attempts a game, 46% from the field. So he's just, he is, man, he is like a super shredder glue guy because you got him at a glue guy price, but he's, you know, one probably one of the best five players on, on your squad. Yeah, it's as you mentioned, we're both big fans of him. I I have loved to draft him over the last couple of years uh, because just because you get that combination of threes and blocks at the guard position yeah. um, is, is so unique. Uh, but this season, though, I I was I was disappointed with his ADP because I felt like the the story was out a little bit. Where I feel like before you could get him with your last pick, now you had to. At 80, you had to spend some real capital on them. And I've heard I was you say that dis- about other players. It's interesting. I think that's yeah. a part of your process. You're like, no, I used to get this guy dirt cheap. I'm not going to pay reasonable prices for him this season. The McChicken used to be a dollar. <laughs> I like, know. And I'm going to be, I'm gonna be like, damned if I'm going to spend 175 or whatever it is, Bro, two bucks on it. If you, if you want one uh, hot and spicy, I had to get one the other day. I was starving after a drive. 350 dude. <laughs> 350 unless you want to get yeah. another one for a dollar and i didn't want to i didn't want one sitting in my glove box no Although it would have no, held no, up no. it would have held up for a long time that that is who the mcchicken is maybe the Derek white but uh <laughs> yeah so it's i i'm also surprised to see that a jump up in in value it, it's amazing it, it's really neat he's a really likable guy nice. uh, he looks a little bit like he was a character on the west wing but uh but he's a he's a that's pretty pretty great find there <laughs> on the West Wing. Oh, and I, I never watched the West Wing. That one went over my head. He looks a little bit like a Smurf to me. <laughs> <laughs> I can see it. He's a cool guy. I will say what's funny, just ironically, a little my own league's corner because I thought it was interesting. Although I love Derek White, I sold high in both leagues. Um, I in a hmm. nine category league, 
I was able to package him and Yusuf Nurkic for Bam Adebayo win. Um, yeah, that seems great. And then in a points league where I just you, you have to, it's a weekly league. You got to lock the lineups in, and you're just looking for guys who can average forty. I packaged him and uh, Devin Vassell together and got Brandon Ingram. So um, yeah, I, that felt good. But you know, it turns out that people people believe it. They believe in Derek White. That's what those trades showed me. Yeah, yeah, that's cool to see. I mean, that's a that's a glue guy taking the next step, like you said. Cheers, cheers to that. Um, cheers to that. Um, yeah. So once again, I I hate to make this awkward again, but I I, uh, I, I just you know I have to. Did I this, uh, did this player have an ADP of forty eight and a season rank of six, perhaps? You, you know, uh, you've done your homework. I could tell. <laughs> uh, you know, you've done your homework, and I I have to talk about. A rookie that's in the top 10, and that's Chet Holmgren. Uh, a fake rookie. He's a fake rookie. He shouldn't be able yeah. to win the award, but the, the old Blake Griffin. <laughs> yeah, or, uh, uh, well, uh, Ben Simmons as well, for that yes. matter. Good call. Yep. Uh, but, yeah, so, I mean, that that's pretty insane. A rookie in the top 10 it, is wild. We In our preseason pod, you and I had both had mentioned that we were a little more bullish on him. If you know, you know, I knew you weren't going to draft him, but you liked his – um, you you liked his value higher than what his ADP was. I, I advised he was a value. Yeah, I can advise. Yeah, yeah. I I had him at thirty two in my ranking, so I was a little bullish, a little more bullish on him, but not not number eight bullish. Uh, so it's pretty pretty wild uh, to see what what he's putting out there, and really what he's doing. Um, is it another guy that we talked about in our quarter season review pod? And on that one, kind of dug into how he was doing it a little bit. And that was looking at his shooting tree. And so at the quarter season, Mark, uh, 80, 88% of his shots had come within 10 feet or beyond the three point line. And he was shooting 44% from three point line. So, so we, we both talked about on that pod that we kind of assumed that the opposing coaches were going to find a way to push him out of his comfort zone a little bit make him take some of these mid-range jumpers and is and we'd kind of watch his efficiency drop a little bit and his rankings come a little bit more down to earth. He was still you could tell the talent was there. But at this point, now we're what 60 percent of the way through the season. I went back and took a look. So of the shots that are basically at the rim or three points, mm-hmm. it's the exact same number. It's 88 oh. percent. Wow. Uh the, the dude just doesn't take long twos it doesn't take inefficient shots and then you couple that with being number fourth in the league in blocks at 2.6 with 0.7 steals it's you know you're you're getting just a really efficient package of both offensive defense again and so i think uh you know i think the only takeaway i had from the only kind of micro knock if you if you would uh, which isn't really even that is that you know, I think that number eight ranking to, to me is a little bit artificially inflated. Yeah. I don't think he would make my top 10 ranking. I think he'd be a little bit more like mid to late teens. And the, the only reason I say that is that part of the reason his rankings is so high. Um, I mean, and to be fair, he's tremendous, is that his turnovers are at 1.6. So mm-hmm. if you're in a punt Thank turnover you. build or you're in a league that doesn't care about turnovers, that he becomes the 26th ranked player. So yeah. there is yeah. a little bit of a grain of salt to go with that. But, but overall, I mean, hell, if, if you, if I told you a rookie was 26, much less number eight, you're going to be a uh, scream of value all day. 
It's a really good point. Yeah, his average rank is 17. So it shaves that down just when you take it by the averages as well. Mm-hmm. But let me put you on the clock here, Nate. Um, you need a, you need a big guy, uh, and you like you like the value sitting there. Um, next year, would you take Bam out of Bayou or Chet Holmgren with what you know now? Well, I honestly, I think I would go Chet. Yeah. Um, I, you know, Holmgren. I mean, uh, Bam seems safer. There's a longer track record with him, but I feel like the 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 impact on defense is much higher on the eye test and they, they are on the stats when it comes to BAM. Uh, yeah. As far know, as for, fan, for, as far as for fantasy, he is one of the best business switchability. Unfortunately, switchability is not a category. All right. Know, that's a good point. Yeah. It's, it's not, it, it's BAM's quite a bit safer, but I think I would at that point, you know, having watching him kind of just kind of bang and in, in the fact that he's, uh, he's looking remarkably durable actually, as far as, uh, far as his games go so I, w- I would take chat as far as hideous white american chet. centers are you going chet holmgren or the great robert swift <laughs> okay so i it's it's ironic that you're bringing this up because uh my my daughter is uh playing basketball this year she's a she's a kindergartner and she's very tall uh she most yeah. games she's the tallest kid on the court that's awesome but, where'd you get that not, yeah i have no idea <laughs> i don't know who knows mailman i guess but the uh um but t- today's game, she she got matched up against this girl on the opposing team that was, I swear, was Greg Ostertag's kid. This kid <laughs> was was a good eight inches taller than any other kid that's been in the entire league. I swear it was like an eighth grader in this thing. So uh, I, I think that's a long way to say. I think I would put Greg Ostertag in that ugly player discussion Oof. too. Yeah. Did, did he? Have, did she have a buzz cut like Greg Ostertag? That's how you know. Bonnie Buckethead, I did not know she was uh, uh, <laughs> down in the post. Okay, well, that that, that was Chet Holmgren. Yeah, a worthy cause uh, for the for the ADP All-Stars on the West side. Again, I did look back at the, the ADP too high, too low, um, kind of as a reference point. And my next player uh, was, I think we both had him too low. He was my fifth round too low player. Um, he had an ADP of 50. He has a season rank of 11 and an average rank of 25. Any idea who this might be? You know, I do. This is one Scotland Yards Barnes. It's got to be. You got a, you get the triple eligibility, too. Shout out to that. You get shooting guard, small forward, power forward. That's got to be a couple spots bump right there. It's, it's so it's so pleasing. Um, it just really it reassures you. It only comes up every few weeks. But man, it feels good to see it, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And so I'd written about uh, Scotty Barnes that I think this might be his team in year three. So I'm quoting myself. But yeah, gone. You got Fred Van Vliet out, Pascal Siakam, OG Ananobi. Maybe they sold a little late on some of those assets. And the first one I mentioned, they didn't sell. They let walk. But they've tore this thing down to the frame around Scotty Barnes, finally. So you, you can still occasionally post a stinker. If you have him, you, you hear the eight season rank of 11, you're like, eh, I don't know about that. Um, but I think the 18 to 24 range feels right if we redraft it today, like at the very least. Um, shout out to me in a public league for getting him for 14 bucks in an auction. The perception was all over the map from him. But he, he just does, he is, he's like a, a supercharged Derek White as far as you're getting 20 points, eight rebounds, six assists, 1.2 steals, 1.5 blocks, about two triples. He shoots 78% from the line. And that was a concern we had talking about him as his free throws 
could, you know, they could, they could be rough uh, at times, but this season he's been more consistent uh, 47% from the field in 35 minutes. Um, just really, yeah, he, he has to be in, in the contention for the the MVP ADP discussion too, especially out here in the East where I'm hanging out, but shout out Scotland Barnes and shout out to anybody who was able to get him around his ADP of 50. Yeah. He's, I mean, that's just is elite. I mean, the, the fact that you're getting just such strong rebounding numbers from hit from a, from one of your lead guards in this case uh, is, is tremendous. And I think the, it's been interesting to see. I mean, I think there was a little bit of concern there and, and maybe that factored in with the ADP about what direction the team was going to be going and, and what that would look like. Cause sometimes when you start stripping down the, the auxiliary players around them, then everything kind of falls apart a little bit because the passing numbers fall apart. So, you know, they start getting more double teams, but that hasn't really been the case with Scotty Barnes. Has it? Mm-mm, no, no. You know, I, I think the Pascal Siakam concern for me, that wasn't a concern. Uh, because of his price you know I think for those who passed in, in the early 50s on Scotty Barnes I think you should look at yourself a little more of a, a questioning eye than those that passed on Kawhi Leonard in the mid-20s just because the the uh, opportunity cost of what Scotty Barnes could become and it flashed that's why I'm looking for in that range you know in the 50s range he's definitely going to be one of my guys my guys going forward I I always in my mind comp him to Penny Hardaway, as far as the statistical profile of Penny, would have stayed healthy as far as the ceiling, mm. you know, because it's he's that big league guard, uh, rebounds the ball, and can just kind of do a bit of anything. So anything and everything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and as you mentioned uh, on the quarter season pod, what we didn't expect to see was those elite defensive numbers, and that has been that actually has been fairly sticky this season. He's really made a a huge improvement in those two categories. That was lacking. I think it was like 0.8 and 0.7 last year. And you saw the outline of a player who could do this. Uh, but that's what we needed to get to this jump. So that's what you were betting on if you thought you were getting a steal, which you, you did. Well, nice. Well, moving back uh, to the West, I mean, first off, we need to give a, sh- start, a shout out to our sponsor, Star. Oh, wait. No, I don't know. Starry is not a, a sponsor of the show. But one, the one who is, is Steelbridge Coffee. So anybody that's out there that looking for a beverage that's a little bit nicer than that lemon-lime uh, fluff that's being pushed around, check out steelbridgecoffee.com backslash PTJ. Got a bunch of uh, really neat 92,000s, uh, vintage cards in, in prime condition. Get one of those for free anytime you buy four pounds, and that comes with, with free shipping. So you're basically you're going to be getting really premium coffee, local, uh, locally uh, roasted, fair trade, organic, and it gets delivered to your door for about uh, about two or three cents more per day than if you just went down to uh, your local grocery store. So check out steelbridgecoffee.com backslash PTJ. Yeah. We might, I just got to say, I'm envisioning a Steelbridge coffee court like Starry's tonight, though. Or do you think that, 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 that that's a little too lowbrow? Well, something? I, no, 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 no. I, I'm picturing that too. I think I was thinking uh, maybe at least they could start with Steelbridge coffee microphones and kind of behind <laughs> us, so we could have the stats flashing with, you know, just kind of different uh, coffee bean logos and, uh, you know, kind of step up, you know, from there. So start with the podcast sphere and then go to the All Star game. By the way, we got to get our koozies. We could sell them on Steelbridge Coffee's website, or perhaps. That's a great idea. I'll, be able, we'll t- we'll, I'll give them a shout out right now. Still got to send my Kobe Bryant rookie card I got last year out for grading. Speaking of, of oh, mint, yeah. mint cards, it is mint. It is cherry. Yeah, that's got to be only uh, increasing a value, I imagine. 
you know, I got it at a crazy deal. And then the next Kobe Bryant rookie that, that got put up on the website was at a more reasonable price. So I was I clicked that one quickly. It was a, it was a great oh, deal. Really? <laughs> yeah. So nice. you can get some great deals too. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. We're checking out. Um, so the, the next Oklahoma City Thunder guy, I need to talk. Oh, wait. No, sorry. I'm, I'm, oh not, I'm just going to go. I'm going to go away. I'm going to go away. I'm actually going to leave. I'm actually going to leave. You want to bring up, you want to talk about Josh Giddy? Or you want to talk? You want to talk about Trey Trey Mann? Actually, he would be the third best candidate for this list. <laughs> no, you know it's Isaiah Joe. <laughs> we will not talk about Isaiah Joe, the greatest stand-up practice shooter of all time. <laughs> oh man, yes. I'm sorry, sorry, I'm, I'm ruining ruining your night here. But the uh, you know, actually, yeah, actually, I, I do want to move on to a guy that's a little bit more in your wheelhouse and kind of get your your take on this one. This I think would be kind of an interesting back and forth because I'm a little bit. Uh, unsure about this one here so and, and that's keegan murray of the kings mm-hmm. uh, so yeah so as far as the, the raw numbers go he's his adp was 105 on the season he's the 55th ranked player you know um the way he's getting there is is reasonable efficiency he's uh you know really low turnovers this solid threes at two a little over two per game boards a little over five um, 15 points, but and with strong defensive numbers at, at 1.7 stocks. Now, my question to you in regards to Keegan Murray is, is what's more real? Is, is it really those first 35 games, 40 games of the season when he was comfortably in the top 50? Or is it more these last 15 or so games where he, when he's been, frankly, kind of shithouse? I'm kind of out on Keegan Murray as compared to public perception on him now. I just think that the the idea of the player and the popularity of the player, it's just if you were to do an all like perception is greater than what you're getting team, I think Keegan Murray would be on that for me. Um, mm. And I've been a Keegan Murray guy in the past. I, I want to give a shout out to Michael Phil, Fiddle of the Advantage podcast. We got into a debate on Twitter. He posted a question. Um, who would you take uh, as far as just into the future going to be the better player long term, Jalen Johnson or Keegan Murray? And I was all about Jalen Johnson. I think he has star potential. I think Keegan Murray, the best case for him is the third option on a decent team, but the consistency Mm -hmm. isn't there. And I don't want to question his drive because I don't know him, but he just seems really comfortable with kind of kicking back. He doesn't seem to have that killer instinct. Um, So I I put a a note in my phone that in a year's time, we're going to, one of our spaces, we're going to have a little debate and examine how that went. But, um, yeah, I think Keegan Murray came out. He's very when he's efficient and he has those spike games, those numbers can really boom because mm-hmm. for the most part, it's kind of a mid experience. He's definitely a season long hold. Um, but I think he has had sell high written all over him at different parts of the season. And if you're able to do that when he was really peaking, you're probably happy about that now. Yeah, I mean, that's he kind of is a little bit of a, a prime Clay Thompson light uh, profile to his game. And you know, I've mm-hmm. been loving the fact that he gives you really nice. I mean, just that, that he, he's a really helpful. He's kind of a uh, kind of an alpha glue guy of of sense. But uh, but I have been wondering and I've been waiting to see. I'm really curious to see after this all star break. And, and maybe we won't learn till later is is what's happening in the last two weeks when he's been averaging point seven threes in eight points and less wow. and not even one three throw attempts per game. Is that uh is this attributed to an injury? Is this just a slump? 
is he hitting a sophomore wall um, or is he just going to kind of come back? He just needed a couple of days off and he's going to come back and we're going to see this guy that just that helps every roster again, um, you know, because yeah. because, the, you know, up until two weeks ago, he was he was a stone cold lock for me on this on this mm-hmm. uh, on this uh, fantasy ADP all stars. But now it's a little bit of a he was I wanted to bring him up because I wasn't sure anymore. And to be clear, did he make your starting team? Is he in the top five for you? You know, there was like 15 guys that I wanted to talk about. I, I don't I think if I had to actually say, you know, if just so not as far as content goes, I, he wouldn't make my top five. But I thought he would be a little bit more interesting guy to talk about, especially when I when so much of my of the Western Conference roster were these top 10 you got, guys. I wanted. You got jealous. You're like, you get to talk about all these kind of debatable guys and I have to go through who Kawhi and, you know. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. You, you've read me like a book here. I was like, how has he come up before James Harden? But okay. <laughs> uh, but no, it is, it is a good talking piece. I, I will say that I have soured on him. He can really disappear within the flow of the offense. Um, and I just think there's other guys who get hot and are more alpha when it comes to their approach to getting the ball and scoring, whether it be Malik Monk or uh, Red Velvet when he's hot, Kevin Herter, Harrison Barnes had a heck of a run there for a couple of weeks out of nowhere. So they just got a lot of auxiliary pieces who um, hunt their shot. And I think he's, you know, as a second year player and seems like a fairly passive guy. Um, I think he needs to exert himself a little bit more. I'm sure Kings fans would agree with me. I'm sure they'd love to see that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the best, you're right. That's a good point. The best version of the Kings has him as their third best player, but yes. a lot of times he's not even their fifth best player. A hundred percent. Natron clean has snuck in his more obscure debatable player into, into the, uh, into the top five. Um, we'll get back to the Eastern conference over here. Um, and more of the same. It's another player who had an ADP of 90, which was ridiculous. Uh, his okay. season, his season rank is 41 and his average rank is 42 because he's just so consistent that those things really match up nicely together. Any guess who this might be? I'll say that this player could be on this list perpet- in, in perpetuity. So is that how you say that? In perpetuity. Yeah. Okay. Is this one DeMar DeRozan? Nah, it's not DeMar. Uh, this is Tobias Harris. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't know why I said it that way. We might just want to rename. <laughs> we might just want to rename this topic the Toby Harris All Stars because that would be fun. But um, so he seems to do this every year. Uh, both of those ranks I just read you are obviously more than fifty percent lower than a sticker price, uh, and he should really have been an auto pick once drafts reached the sixties. There's just always someone sexier, you know. I get it. Let's, I, you know, I fall in for it too. But you know what's sexy? Toby Harris smashing his ADP year in and year out. Golf clap to you, Tobias Harris, because every single year we want to throw you for dead. There's someone else we want to chase. We don't, everyone just kind of yawns when, or sometimes at the end of our auction, I feel like someone gets Toby Harris for like eight bucks and everyone's like great value. And then you like, look at the guy you overpaid for and you're like, that could have just been Toby Harris. Like, I mean, this is, the numbers are beautiful. Uh, and he's had a spike in usage, obviously without Joel Embiid, but even before that, I just feel like he was just more consistently giving you the ceiling Toby Harris games. So the season numbers, 17.7 points, six boards, three and a half times, a steal, half a block, only 1.5 turnovers, if you care about that. 1.23s, 90% from the line, 90, on 3.4 attempts, and over 50% from the field on 13.3 attempts. And then you just kind of lucked yourself into a higher usage jump here without Joel Embiid. Um, He's... You know, obviously, contract-wise, 
he's not a superstar compared to, to what he's making, but um, he's just a steal every time. Eh? You know, I just think he gets overlooked. And the East is kind of full of these guys. Uh, I have some more like that, that every year we just kind of want to roll over this guy. Um, and then, you know, we're laughing all the way, all the way to the bank um, after the season starts rolling out and once again toby harris is a top 50 player um you know what you got any toby talk for us yeah i guess that it, it is interesting i mean he is like kind of this boring guy during the draft and i feel like there's a subset of fantasy where if you told him that he was going to be ranked where he is in the upcoming season they'd still go eh, yeah, i'll still swing i'm on, good i'll still right. swing on somebody else so that's like, a one that's a really um, good point actually <laughs> yeah. and uh and and maybe some of that is that it, it's it's hard to want to draft a guy that's the third best player on his team. You I mean you you kind of think that he's there is a ceiling there, but uh, no. but it's all about a perceived. I mean, it's all a perceived ceiling, and you know, and so in this case, it's he's constantly beating it, and it's really what's been interesting too is uh, where where we talked about Maxi having you know wh- whether it's sticky or not, he's a little bit down since the Embiid injury. Tobias Harris has kind of stepped up his points production. Um, he's kind of swallowed in a little bit more of that usage vacuum. And so I think that his play is only going to be getting stronger the rest of the season as well. Yeah, as somebody who plays a lot of daily fantasy sports, in particular doing underdog drafts, he started going in the late first, early second round on some nights just as a player with, wow. the, highest, with the highest ceiling that particular night. Um, you know, in, in that format in the points league format he's putting up 50 fantasy points on the regular you know he's really so if you if you if you look at it through that lens yeah he's i mean he could be a top 35 rest of season player if we were drafting today well once we once we do our league where we redraft it at game 60 then uh we'll, we'll do that next season and see how I, high he goes i keep missing that draft do you not invite me <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's it. Well, it's a really busy time, you know, around the All Star break, and we're all uh, too, too bored to uh, want to do it. Nobody wants nobody wants me in that league. Okay, so now <laughs> right. now, now that we've done another like you know mid tier value guy who was a smash at ADP, who's your next MVP candidate? <laughs> you know, it's uh, it, it's funny because I I didn't want to once again in the same the same story as Keegan Murray. I initially started to write this guy as my toughest cut and I wanted to find uh find a reason to talk about Alperin Shangoon kind of smashing it but instead as I started to write up I my my, t- my toughest cut guy I I just kind of pivoted and I thought all right well now Shangoon is the toughest cut and he's I'm I'm not bringing him up uh in this per se and I'm going to be spending my time talking about uh Victor Wemenyama Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yep. Uh, um, I, okay. And it was one of those things I, I didn't want to because there's been so much ink spilled on him this season. You know, it it's a Go season of superlatives mm-hmm. and and the numbers are pretty wild, but it just felt like it, it would have been criminal to not do it. And yeah, so, ten, the 10 block triple double. We can start there against Scotty Barnes and the Raps. It's Oof. nuts. It's it's nuts. There's the eye test and, and the stats test and they're both crushing it. Yeah. So, um, Victor Webanyama, uh, you know, on on top of the fact that he's averaging uh, 21 points and 10 boards as a rookie, a true rookie, and three assists, is uh, you know right there that that's like newsworthy. You know, it's 
it's it's kind of a he was always going to be the most interesting guy in any draft because his ADP was 25 as a rookie, which was insane. And so he was the definition of a of a of a home run swing. And it was scary to do that in the second round. Uh, yeah. I was mm-hmm. I was too scared to do it, even though I yeah. I wanted to uh, be that guy that did it. And, uh, and but kudos to everybody that that did. Um, you know, there was a lot of reasons to think that he would do well on the season. He's the 13th ranked player there but kind of by the end of this i'm gonna kind of uh i kind of was doing this research and i kind of thought you know and in my actual personal rankings i would move them higher than 13 i think 13 is artificially low in this case in the in the exact reason exact opposite reason that chet's were was uh artificially high so uh with victor webb and yama you're getting 1.1 steals as well and he's also leading the league in blocks at 3.2 and so and and he's not in much in the way the sga was just was crushing steals is victor webinyama's crushing blocks so he's averaging 12 percent more blocks than the number two player in the league um so i mean and then obviously headlined by the game that you just referenced the 10 block uh triple double game and so the the thing that when we talked about in preseason that we kind of wondered was, was San Antonio going to be extra careful with them, kind of have them in bubble wrap? It, it just hasn't been the case. He's played 49 out of 55 games. Well, the so, minutes limit, we got to talk about that. What's insane about Wimanyama is he's been doing this in like 26 minutes a game, dude. Yes, yes. You definitely just, I was absolutely going to talk about that too. It's absolutely bonkers. 28 minutes a night on the season. It's scary to think about what he's going to be doing when they unleash him at 32, 33 uh, minutes per game. I mean, what is that even going to look like? The, The only blemish on on his profile, if you want to call it that, which, I mean, as you just said, you're always doing a punt turnover builds you know he's he has the fourth most turnovers in the entire league so if you're doing a punt turnover build he jumps up to number nine so i it, no. to me that's a little bit more where he actually sits um so Who my, would you rather question, have rest of the season wemby or anthony davis oh wow yeah. that's a great question yeah. uh, uh man that's tough uh <laughs> probably davis i guess he, he's doing what Kawhi is doing as far as if you were playing musical chairs, you had so far you have him on the right season. Yeah, it's it, yeah, the, it, it's tough. I mean, that's like they're both elites, you know, and I think I just kind of have a slightly more confidence that he won't get shut down at the end. That would be the kind of the main reason there. Uh, but that's a really that's a really good question on that. Um I'm going to toss it back to you with a with a less good question. Um, <laughs> yeah, is is Victor Webanyama already on your personal uh, top three favorite Spurs of all time list? Oh man, that, the Spurs have had some fun players over the years. Like Avery, Avery Johnson, still ahead of him oh, for yeah, me. Oh yeah, up to him. Um, what what, what about uh, <laughs> Vinny Del Negro, man? Hmm. <laughs> That guy was cool. Oh, yeah, going to old school with that. I like that. Yeah, George, big nose. I, I respect that. In all seriousness, George Gervin is still my favorite Spur. Uh, I have a friend, shout out, shout out Spidey, a uh, listener of the podcast, um, whose favorite all-time player is Sean Elliott. And he has like signed Sean Elliott memorabilia. Oh. I always found him to be kind of oh, boring. Cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I was like, Sean Elliott, he's kind of like Reggie Miller without the the platform. <laughs> Ever heard? He does play-by-play commentary. for. He does the color commentating for Spurs home, get, homes. Biggest homer I've ever heard. 
he's, he's horrible. So anyways, to answer, I mean, <laughs> to answer your wild question, um, you know, uh, probably. Yeah, I guess so. I guess he sneaks in at number three behind Del Negro and, and um, <laughs> that point guard, Avery Johnson. That. <laughs> I'm sure just, like Spurs Twitter is going to be like, who are these clowns? If you cut this out for like a minute and a half, a Spurs, Spurs fans would never listen to us again. <laughs> I would just like to know what percentage of people you say, all right, th- these three players, w- w- what is what was the question? And the question is my favorite Spurs of all time. <laughs> Okay. Do you have, I, do you... I, I, I assume that's why everybody came here was was not to hear deep fantasy takes was to hear to hear personal uh, Spurs pantheon. Uh, let me talk. ask you the let me ask you the question that really matters here. Say it's preseason right now. Say the NBA season just ended. We have the information we have. We're going into a new season. Is Victor Wembanyama a first round pick? Are you taking him in the tops? Like how high are we going? He's high enough that I want a general range. A two to three. Yeah, pick yeah, that, that is going to be really interesting for next season. I think I think he's a, he's an absolute stone cold lock first round pick. Mm-hmm. He has to be the defense. What we've he seen on the defensive end, and the fact that he's doing this all with so little help. I mean, just the sheer amount of double teams he's getting. No point guard play. That's terrible spacing. Uh, that it, he's and in twenty eight minutes, as you referenced, that I think. I just think that number 13 is the absolute floor that we will ever be getting him at ever. Again. Ever. I think you start to consider him in a snake draft right around, around where you'd be looking at Jason Tatum. I think it's mm. seven, seven to nine ranges. If you want, if you want him. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it'll be, it'll be interesting because I'm sure next season there's going to be leagues where people oh. draft him at two or three, and there's going to be ones that he falls out of the first round and uh, uh, it'll be kind of just a, He's gonna be his ADP is gonna be all over the place. I question my credibility that I am in five fantasy leagues and I didn't get Wemby anywhere. It does. It, at times, I sit up at night. I sit up at night thinking about this: Why don't I have any Wembenyama shares? And who am I gonna drop in our league of record to get Keontae George? <laughs> like, like these things keep me awake. Uh, it, it feels less fun not having Wembenyama. I mean, it just was. It was the funnest thing to do on draft night, and it's the funnest thing to check. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm sure everybody that rostered them is having more fun than we are. Speaking of fun, Licky, this is a perfect segue to get into my uh, East Center because um, he's right up there with Wimbiyama as far as fun factor. I mean, when you go into a draft room, you want to have fun, right? And if that's your main objective, Wimbiyama's probably on your team and good for you. But also, a player with an ADP of 69, season rank of 21, average rank of 31, I'd say he's number two in the fun power rankings, and that is Brooke Lopez. Nice, nice. Yeah, I mean that's just sexy. That's a sexy pick. So sexy. I literally am wondering if this guy didn't look like such a dweeb, would he have gone in the mid forties? Gosh, or if the I mean, how how old is he too? Because in my mind, he's thirty eight, thirty like forty two, somewhere in there. He's thirty five years old, man. So he is pretty old, you know. Um, But this is my kind of comp for him as far as looking, analyzing. Um, the options we had on the table in pre-draft season. So what's really the difference between Brooke Lopez and Miles Turner, who had an ADP of 37.5 compared to Brooke Lopez's ADP of 69? Mm. Well, you get less blocks and triples for Miles Turner. That's the main difference. You're getting less blocks and, and less triples. Um, Brooke Lopez is, let me pull it up here. He's averaging 2.7 blocks. I think he's second in the league in blocks behind Wendy. 
uh, and just under yeah. two, two threes a game. So those are, uh, and we know he's a lead in those areas, but he just keeps doing it. Uh, and, and we kind of ignore it uh, every season, I, you know, in the AP is 69. So look at it like this. To be fair, Miles Turner does average four more points, 1.5 more boards. But if you're taking Miles Turner at 37.5, I did take him in the fourth round in one league. You could have had Jaron Fox, Chet Holmgren, DeMar DeRozan at pick 37, and then taking Lopez 30-plus picks later. So, you know, when you're kind of looking at how could this have played out for me as far as roster construction, players like Brooke Lopez, knowing you have that in your back pocket because they get ignored, kind of as a general theory for having the East team. You have guys like that up and down, Tobias Harris, Derek White. These are players that if you know that their value is suppressed, and again, a lot of these guys, we didn't know they'd be this good, but you can bank on them being there at reasonable prices. So it's just an interesting way to kind of approach your risk assessment in the earlier rounds. Yeah. Oh, that's really strong analysis on that one. It's, uh, I, I feel like there you're, you're kind of coming across a theme here of, mm-hmm. of just like, you, you yep. have to take the value. Um, I, oh, yeah. I love, I love kind of that comparison with Web and Yama in that, uh, you know, not every pick needs to be, you leave the draft and people are buzzing about your pick and your thing, because I feel like a lot of times it, the guy who wins the league, isn't the person the day after the draft that you go, Dang, you got all the sleepers. Um, it's just that you just you nailed solid value. Like, um, not every pick is so exciting that your buddies are going to text your mom. I I I think that like so the the year that I won our joint league, I I remember and and sorry, I, I, I I'm not trying to throw you under the bus here. I remember getting a text from you after the draft <laughs> saying like a text that said, "Damn, that's not much upside there." <laughs> yes that was the and, ultimate uh, ultimate leaky build <laughs> yeah it was just boring it was just like a lot of like all right like seven spots better seven spots of value here and there and uh uh brooke lopez is definitely that and uh i mean even i was a little bored too bored to take on this draft and uh i love those type of guys yeah i mean eventually ignoring brooke lopez will be viable but i'm not going to ignore him again in in the 70 range until he falls off yeah, in in like no, I probably fantasy, will. I probably like will ignore in, him. I probably will ignore yeah. him. Actually, sorry yeah, about same. that. No. Yeah, it, but it, it, in non fantasy talk, like in actual in real life, when you watch the games, and I feel like that's going to be a, a question for the Bucks going forward, is that so so much of their like uh, end of game uh, plays are built around this like need for uh brooke lopez to be this release valve and he's they put a lot of pressure on him to be this i mean like so much of the of the offense is uh is kind of a is planned around him and so i i wonder how sustainable that is there's so many times where dame gets so dame gets double teams they took away Giannis, and they're throwing to brooke lopez late late in the shot to uh shot clock to kind of hoist up a three and i, I just yeah. don't know how sustainable that is as I far mean, as winning in the playoffs goes their supporting cast in particular the guys after the top five or so guys it's historically bad i i don't know why they thought that they the, the bucks could get away with that man like they the young guys they have like beauchamp uh they're not willing to play him yet they don't have any mm-hmm. trust in there's there's no one waiting in the wings to soak up i think they signed gallinari in the last couple of days, yep. and that's not going like, to do the I trick. I like Andre Jackson a little bit from UConn. He's all right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, but, man, I mean, they're, they're just really depleted of guys who can step in to fill voids. And, you know, it seems like Bobby Portis has taken a step back this year. 
as far as what he's able to do off the bench. He's just kind of lost a step. So yeah, um, real concerns out in Milwaukee when my when my uh, my G League Memphis Grizzlies were able to take him to task leading into the All Star break, and Doc Rivers is making excuses talking about you know some of these guys are ready for Cabo. I'm like okay, <laughs> like all, that's all that's All Star Eastern Conference coach. Yeah, uh, Doc Doc Rivers. Yeah, that yeah. I actually wanted to get into looking at some of the pre some of the the pre draft talk we have on Doc Rivers as far as uh, as, as coach of this team, coach of the year. That's depressing. Yeah, I wouldn't have taken the Eastern Conference if I knew you were going to bring that up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there are some guys on the West the West list left that I'm curious if you're going to get to. So who do you got? Well, yeah, so the, the last little category I got is, uh, and n- don't really want to do a deep dive on these, just kind of three guys that kind of fit into the same uh, conversation. And so kind of just going to do some quick hits on them. And feel free to jump in if you, uh, if you have something to you want to talk about with either one of these guys otherwise I'll, I'll just breeze through them um the, the first and so i'm calling this the undrafted western conference all-stars so guys that didn't go drafted in your league in most leagues uh, but are now squarely on everybody's rosters at this point so the first is grayson allen uh, who's whose ADP was 140 and he's currently 56 in season rankings you know he's been falling off a little bit you know, as the Suns roster gets fully healthy, but the the question with that is, how much confidence does it, do you or does anybody have in the Suns staying healthy the rest of the way? Um, you know, I think you know both Beal, KD, and Booker. I could see them all missing time here or there, so I think I think he's going to hold his value at this point. Well, the original glue guy Rolls Royce O'Neal is in town now, so Grayson can step down. That's true. That's true. That is, uh, and he's been playing great on yeah. that too. So, uh, so yeah. So I think I think you'll probably see a dip in in Grayson Allen in the short term, but but don't drop him uh, if you have. Yeah, I would. I would de- he's definitely a good candidate for our um, like last drop all stars list that we're talking about doing. Players that if you need to make a cut on a Sunday, who are the guys that are just like it would hurt you to make the cut, but you're still willing to make it? I feel like he's trending towards that direction as we inch towards the playoffs. Uh, yeah, if you really right. need a win, but no, I think you would prefer not to drop him. Yeah. 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 Good point. Uh, the next, the next guy being as far as uh, kind of breaking the rankings is Colin Sexton, uh, your boy. Yeah. Uh, both yep. are, My both boy that guys. I traded in every league I had him. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. Uh, his ADP was 130 and he's surprisingly season rankings is 71, which is uh, the only reason I say that's surprising is that he, didn't really get that much run or that much usage in the early yeah. part of the season. So he really did most of his damage um, over the last two months. And so it'll be interesting to, to see how, I mean, you referenced Kante George and kind of to see what impact the Kante George getting moved into the starting lineup will have on his usage and, and overall minutes. Um, but, uh, but at least, you know, it's since December 1st, he's been kind of that stud. So prior to December 1st, he was averaging 11.9 points per game since December 1st. He's averaging 21 points. Um, so he's really, really kind of making some waves here at the end. Yeah, man. Even though Keontae George is not a starting point guard, and he had nine three-pointers against the Warriors the other night, uh, Sexton still had 35 points in that game. So um, I think this is more of a Jordan Clarkston statement. Somebody's got to lose out, but it looks like it's not going to be those two. Yeah, uh, that's, a, that's a good point. Uh, last guy I got is, you know, somebody that that I love the opportunity to be able to bring up. 
as as you probably are, would not be surprised about. And that is uh, Mike Conley. Oh, cool. Nice. I thought you were going to say Villain Brooks. I was like, nah. Oh, yeah. Oh, damn. All right. Wait. Hit the pause button. I got to do a little bit of research here real quick. Uh, I don't know how to pause. <laughs> Uh, so Mike, Mike Conley was, was 128 uh, ADP, and he's currently ranked 52. Um, I kind of assume that ADP reflected people's perceived lack of upside. Um, and, you know, at, at first glance, his box score numbers kind of confirm that. You know, he's averaging 10.5 points, three rebounds, 6.5 assists. But uh, but what's really driving his, his high uh, ranking at the moment is that he is – uh, number two in the league in assisted turnover ratio. And uh, you, you care to guess anybody? See if you can guess number one or anybody that's kind of up in the top three or four? Well, I just looked the other day to research Maximin oh, 10, okay. uh, and I still don't remember. Uh, isn't Halliburton pretty high up there? Halliburton is. He's the only interesting player that's up there. The rest <laughs> yeah, just kind of a random list. Um, it's just all boring guys. Yeah. I mean, uh, Tyus Jones is one. Yes, he is. Chris, yeah. Chris, Chris Paul is three. Uh, Fred Fred um, Fleek is four. So, uh, so there's Sam, someone in Sam Sam Merrill Peril is five. Yeah, I was gonna say there's some names in there that kind of land on you know to, to the sister turnover ratio being a bit of a dated stat. Um, mm-hmm. but you're just kind of like, how are you hanging out in there? Conley averaging ninety two point three percent from the free throw line doesn't hurt. That'll help a little. Yeah, number two in the league in oh. free throw percentage. Um, so, it, but I think based off of those two things. Um, and this pains me to say this, and I, um, I think uh, you know it's it, it does hurt. I would say that based on his ranking at fifty two, I would I would throw him out in some trades, see if you can get some good value back for that. Not that you need to trade him, but yeah. if, I think if somebody sees fifty two, especially if he has a good game and he gets up to forty nine, you can say, oh, I can give you a top fifty guy for anybody that is giving you a little bit more volume. It's worth worth exploring. I mean, if you're not willing to trade for him, I don't know who would be though. Yeah, you're like his fair. number one supporter. Yeah, no, that's 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 a good point. So I gotta I gotta hold your feet to the fire here. Um, please, before please. before I do that, I am gonna rule out my six man on the all, on the East ADP All Star squad. I did I did do a six man. Um, mm-hmm. This is more of a looking into you know recent production and also rest of season. Uh, ADP of one thirty two, a season rank of one hundred eight. Average rank of 118, but the last month, this player is the 29th ranked player. So if you drafted him and you held, I I salute you. I drafted him in one league and dropped him after many months, right before the breakout. And then in another league, I drafted and traded him. Any guesses who this Eastern Conference swingman is? Uh, Is this the Jalen Johnson one? Nah, it's Brandon Miller. And and the reason I went with Brandon Miller is because he did have an ADP of 132, uh, which was just enough. See, like players like Jalen Johnson, I didn't. That was a cool little rundown you did. And I I could do that with the East as well. Jalen Johnson had a preseason ADP of 146. And to me, that wasn't enough leagues um, to quite make the cut on the team. Um, But this is kind of just with an eye for the future. I think Um, the rest, you know, rest of the season, uh, you could be looking at a top 50 guy here. Uh, He's better than I thought in, in many facets. His... For one, his scoring versatility and his willingness to kind of be a vocal leader. I, I want I, like I've I've seen some some clips of the Hornets games and tuning in here and there, and he really is a, feeling comfortable to step up and um, kind of lead this team. Uh, and I think you you could really um, see see some fruits on the on the Brandon Miller tree for the rest of the season. 
you know, on the year, 16.6 points, 4.1 boards, 2.3 assists. Stocks are 0.8 on steals, 0.6 on blocks, 2.33s. Uh, but if you do the handy dandy last 14 days, jumps up to 23 points, five rebounds, two assists, 1.3 steals, a block, and 3.13s. Now that's, and again, I was, I was actually negotiating in one of my leagues with the guy who picked him up when I dropped him. And I let him know, I think this is probably his, his high, his high watermark for the season. And I'm not going to be buying in on that. Um, so I think there was an incredible sell high opportunity when he was peaking. Uh, but yeah, I just wanted to give him a shout out as a player that was a, a lot. He was a flyer. He was a great late round flyer. And if you held long enough, that's really paying off. Yeah, and I think Charlotte has the uh, they do they do have the need, and they really they, they I think they want to see if this guy can be the number one player on an offense. Uh, you know, I think there were some questions about about that coming in. I think a lot of people pigeon or kind of thought he might be best as a kind of a a strong number two type player, kind of a space and kind of a prime three and D. Mm-hmm. But it, so far, the profile at least over the last two weeks has kind of shown a a, a number one player. Totally. Yeah. So that's been encouraging if you're a Hornets fan, you know, if you're a Blazers fan and you were mocking the Hornets for taking Brandon Miller, that's not aging great. <laughs> not no, aging no. great. <laughs> nope, 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 nope. It isn't. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's funny too, though, you, you're mentioning that Jalen Johnson didn't make it because he wasn't drafted. He wasn't uh, drafted in a high enough ADP. I mean, it, it's funny just with the name Jalen Johnson. I mean, he was the third Johnson drafted he was the fifth Jalen Johnson uh, drafted. So, uh, you know, he's the fifth Jalen. He was the fifth Jalen. Yeah. So he couldn't even get any respect with his own name. I mean, you just, you Yahoo him and like you had to scroll to get to him. So I, I saw Jalen Rose go ahead of Jalen Johnson in a draft this, this past year. So that was crazy. Um, okay. So let's get real, real quick. Let's get back to it. So to, I did have a top five in the West. Uh, mm. Kawhi and Chet Holmgren um, were very clear for me. Um, mm. Why no love for Paul George on this list? Um, yeah, I it, it was really that I, I I thought that all three of those Clippers uh, kind of should be included in it. Uh, really, the guy who I might have talked about more would have been James Harden because I think yep. uh, because there was so much uncertainty on him on draft day yep. Yep. that I think you know his his ADP was uh, you know was was low, but I think in a lot of leagues he was getting drafted like in the forties or so. So the fact that he's mm-hmm. come in and looked at looked like 90% of prime, maybe not 90%, but 85% of prime uh, Harden was somebody that I, uh, I think all three of them could have been talked about, but I much like, I didn't want to go a hundred percent, a thunder podcast on my end. I didn't want to do a hundred percent Clippers pod. That's fair. So yeah, I, I had, uh, I had Paul George making it. I had James Harden making it. And again, I didn't spend a whole lot of time on the West and I had Anthony Davis for a similar reason that you gave on Shea. Mm -hmm. He had an ADP of 13, but the season rank is three and his average rank is four. And I thought that was incredibly valuable. Yeah. I mean, he's been absolutely crushing it. And I think it was interesting because in our league, there was a, you know, the guy who drafted him clearly took value drafting him. And then he was the number one player in the league at the time. And he was fishing him out there in trades. Yeah. And you could tell the mindset was, you know, like a sell high at this point. And, and everybody was too afraid to take that sell high. I never got an offer, Matthew Boucher. Oh, come on, Matt. Uh, I got got an offer. But, but, you know, eventually he did trade. But it's it's hard to take those guys because Mm -hmm. you 
you know, even when they hit, you can't trade them right. per se because every because they're they kind of have a, uh, a salvage title in a sense. Salvage title is a great way to put. Oh, salvage title all stars. I was on the receiving end of one of those Anthony Davis sell high moments a couple years ago when I had when I had him for a glorious two week run where he was the number one player and then he promptly got hurt again was out for the rest of the season. So I, I've felt that pain before. And again, I think um, it's a reasonable person um, could say, Hey, I'm glad you're enjoying Anthony Davis, but I don't want to live that way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know yeah. I mean? the, I, oh, I hear you. Yeah. The only guys that I had uh, jotted down as far as East guys that you, you didn't talk about um, was, was one was Bogdanovich from Atlanta, whose rankings seemed artificially inflated. Um, yeah. I know you, you texted about him right beforehand, but I had him written down. Um, I don't know if you considered him or not. No. No. Oh, yep. Yeah, good. Um, the other one was the other like category of players was was a uh, Chicago Bulls in general. All Rose and Kobe Bulls. White. Yeah, even Vooch. Vooch. Yeah. There. I was I was afraid to draft them all. I just assumed that they would be kind of sold off, they or they would get old and break down. And once again, they they didn't, and they kind of continue to give surplus value. Yeah, Kobe White fell into the Jalen Johnson bucket of just that's not how I was analyzing this for me. He's more of a waiver wire of the year candidate. But Demar Derozan, you know, he is the twenty fourth ranked player with an ADP of forty six point seven. He deserves a shout out for sure, and he easily could have made this team, um, but. Uh, yeah, I, I just left Demar Derozan off the team. You know why? Because he's why? boring. Just like the rest of my team. We've already <laughs> got Toby Harris, Doc. <laughs> he would have fit in. Yeah, I went for exciting guys, as you can tell. <laughs> okay, so just this to is re- a real flip for us. This is a real. This is a real I know. change. This was a real growth opportunity. Honestly, this is strange, but just to review for for the listeners, maybe fast forwarded to the very end of this podcast. So. My uh, ADP All-Stars in the Eastern Conference, I had Tyrese Maxey as the point guard, Maximum Derek White as your shooting guard. My small forward was Scotty Bonds. Power forward, Toby Harris. And center, Rook Lopez. I mean, the numbers buried it out. And I gave Brandon Miller the six-man nod just over DeMar DeRozan. So that's the East squad. Nice. Yeah, West West squad being uh, Shea Gildas-Alexander. Then we go to... Kawhi Leonard, followed by Chet and Webinyama. And uh, for talking points, we're going to go with uh, Keegan Murray. But if I was being, if I was being <laughs> no, serious, I'd probably, yeah, then if we were being serious, I would, no. I would go Harden. But I, we're going Keegan Murray. So so Nate and I, we've referenced this before. One of our favorite pastimes when we get together is to, uh, you know, wait till a little after midnight. We've had a couple drinks and we do a 2K fantasy draft. We draft the entire league. I would ask, I would I would literally churn off the Xbox if this is the squad I ended up with and you had your squad. <laughs> I would not play it out. <laughs> I just couldn't. <laughs> so that's an inter- a very interesting exercise. Um, yeah, yeah I, I hope you guys enjoyed this. I, I like I said, I think it's a fun time to reflect, look back at some of the choices we could have made. Hopefully, it helps your process into the future. But it's just an, also another way to jump into the All Star festivities and just you know have a good time with this um, and just kind of just have some fun so Nate got any burning thoughts before I, I plug do the plugs no this was uh this was a fun exercise and uh it's it's a nice thing to kind of have a a little bit of a break here from from fantasy before we jump back yeah. into it so yeah, yeah and, and here we go to the stretch run so there is there's no rest for the wicked I mean I'm, I'm doing a 
baseball, best ball drafts. I'm hopping into some hockey. Did a golf the other night. Wow. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, just, <laughs> I'm, I'm impressed. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll get there. Um, this will be the last uh, pod that we record from Pat's Place Studio and Gallery. So please, if you're ever in Goldendale, Washington, it's right on Main Street. Uh, beautiful collection of artwork. Fun little earrings and knickknacks and pillows. But I just want to thank you, Pat. I know you don't listen to the podcast. You're like 80 years old. But um, I really appreciate you opening up your space to me and giving me the code to your to your business and let me hang out with your cat, Emily. It's been awesome. Um, so thank you. And maybe I'll send this little clip to you. But uh, please be remembered to follow Projecting the Jump and all the spaces that we're out on. On Twitter, please. You will find us at Projecting the Jump Pod. Uh, you'll find Flying J on Twitter as well. Uh, the YouTube videos are a fun way to engage with that. So hop over there. Uh, if you type in Flying J Fantasy, you'll find the channel. Um, throwing on some stuff on there, doing little five-minute clips and stuff like that. Um, and uh, check out Winslow Guitars as well. Uh, another one of our lovely sponsors. If you're interested in some uh, custom guitars or kazoos. Actually, saw Ryan last weekend. He had, his band played a show in Portland, and I, I uh, verified. I was like, are the kazoos a part of the discount? He said, yes. Anything on the website, if they use the PTJ10 promo, is uh, discounted. Beautiful, beautiful. Those, you, no, none of your friends have a uh, custom wood kazoo, so uh, you'll be the first. Amen. Yep. <laughs> we'll cut him from the end. <laughs> Anyways, for your boy, Nate John Clean, this is Flying J. I had way too much Coke. I uh, had some relatives over, was up late last night, and I have drinking a two liter of coke so uh, enjoy the rest of all star other type of coke <laughs> yeah, coca-cola classic yeah yeah another soft drink if you want to sponsor us but uh, enjoy the all-star game tomorrow folks all right later projecting the jump projecting the jump projecting the jump projecting the jump it's nathan licky and jay they're projecting the jump today will they guess right nobody knows it's a pop